Hello, residents. My name is Zach Olson. I'm joined today by Mike Estefan, and thank you for downloading this month's episode of the EM Clerkship Podcast. This episode is sponsored by Pearson Rabbits Insurance, my personal, independent life and disability insurance agent. We will talk more about Pearson Rabbits later in this episode. Now let's get into it. Today is round number 30 of the game. Mike will need to perform today's case in real ABEM oral boards format. He has 15 minutes to complete the full case. He does not know what this case is ahead of time. If Mike hits all the critical actions that I've listed out beforehand, he wins. If he doesn't, or if he performs a dangerous action, I win. These cases were created by me. They're not derived from actual ABM cases that I had, and they are not real patients. Mike, take out a piece of paper and a pencil. Place the paper sideways in front of you. Outline a human body on the left side of it, and let me know when you are ready. I am ready. But dude, we're at episode 30. Isn't that crazy? I know, it's crazy, right? <laughs> We've been doing a and, lot of these. But it doesn't feel like it's been <laughs> it that is. long. Like, time is just, I don't know, t- time goes by faster the longer you're alive, I think. Yeah, I, I think that's possibly true. The days go slow, the yeah. years go fast, yep, as they yep. say. All right, but yeah, I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. Dr. Estefan, this will be a single patient encounter. You will have 15 minutes to complete the case. Before we begin, do you have any questions? No questions, my friend. All right, let's begin. Dr. Estefan, you are working at Clerkship General Hospital. When you are assigned your next patient, chief complaint, chest pain. Chest pain. Okay. Um, I walk into the room. What do I see? Uh, you see a 70-year-old gentleman, um, and he is just sitting in the bed looking at you, being like, hey, doc. All right. Um, can I get an opening set of vitals? Sure. His heart rate is 140, his respiratory rate is 20, his blood pressure is 125 over 85, his O2 saturation is 99%. And can I get a temperature on him? 98.7. Great. Um, Hi, sir. My name is Mike. I'm one of the doctors that will be taking care of you. What brought you into the emergency room today? Uh, Hey, doc. Yeah, I just, I don't know, my chest, it just doesn't feel good. doesn't feel right. Okay. When did it start not feeling right? I want to say like two days ago. It's just it's just a, the weirdest sensation. Okay, and can you describe that sensation? I just you know it's just weird. Okay, where do you feel it? Uh, I kind of feel it in in the the front of my chest. Okay, like behind your breastbone. Yeah, yeah, I guess it's just kind of you know it's just in there. It's like inside. Okay, does it travel anywhere? What do you mean? Like does it travel down your arms or to your back or up your jaw or anything like that? Not my back or my jaw. My left arm, I guess. Okay. And is the pain constant or does it come and go? It's constant. Okay. Does anything make the pain worse? No. Okay. So climbing steps, walking around, taking deep breaths, etc. Not really. It's just like kind of a constant. It's just a weird, the weird feeling. Okay. And any nausea or vomiting? No. Okay. And does the patient appear diaphoretic at all? Uh, no. Have you had, have you ever had these symptoms before? No, this is the first time. Okay. Any numbness or tingling or weakness anywhere? Yeah, just my left arm, I guess. Maybe a little weird, but no, not not otherwise. Nothing other than that. All right. Any cough or fevers? No. Trouble breathing? Nope. And what medical problems do you have? I take medicine for uh, blood pressure. I'm a diabetic. I've had a TIA. Okay. Uh, what medications do you take? Uh, for the blood pressure, I'm on amlodipine. For the diabetes, I take metformin, and then I'm also on a baby aspirin. Okay, and do you have any allergies to medications? 
None. Okay. Do you drink or use drugs? Uh, every once in a while. Uh, what do you What do you like to indulge in? Uh, I like the Elkies. The what? The Elkies. Alcohol. Oh, the Alkies. I thought you said the LPs, the lumbar punctures. Uh, I'm just, we're just making it up as we go here, man. <laughs> All right, the, the alcohols, the plural, the alcohol. Yes, great. yes. Okay. The plural of alcohol is Elkies, I think. <laughs> I've been watching the Thousand Pound Sisters, and they call their so, the sodas sodies. Anyways, <laughs> that's all that. The truth comes out. The truth comes out. <laughs> it's New Year. New Year, new me. Okay. Well, we're way off track. I'll give you a bonus minute. All right, back into it. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you drink every day, sir? Uh, no, just every once in a while. Okay. All right. Um, let's let's uh, let's get an IV. Get the guy in the monitor on telemetry. Um, and let's start with an exam. How does that sound? Sure. All right. Uh, general appearance. Um, he just kind of looks like a normal guy. He doesn't look terrible. Okay, not in respiratory distress, doesn't appear pale or diaphoretic, correct? Correct. Great. Um, let's, uh, listen to his heart. What do I hear? Uh, you hear an irregular tachycardia with no murmurs. And then, uh, listen to lungs. Clear. Pulses in all four extremities. Uh, his pulse in his left upper arm is a little diminished. How about, uh, strength? Like a motor exam? Uh, yeah, he's got normal motor. Okay. And sensory? Yeah, yeah, he feels your touch. Okay. Alright, let's, uh, let's start out with some orders. Um, let's get a CBC, a BMP, a troponin, chest x-ray, an EKG get coags on him let's get a lactate on him but, uh, let's get a, a pro bnp on him i think that should be good for now all right the ekg should cross soon please let me know when you receive it i see an irregular narrow complex tachycardia with significant st depressions in v3 v4 v5 oh i lost it v6 um also, looks like some inferior depressions. And, I mean, I see elevation AVR, but I don't think I see elevation meeting criteria in V1 or V2, but he does have Q waves in V1 and V2. Um, let's, let's get this guy an aspirin. All right. How much aspirin would you like? Um, 325. Or I guess it's 324, the chewable. Sure. The aspirin has been administered. Um, your CBC, BMP, trope, uh, coags, lactic acid, and BNP um, all return. Uh, they are normal. Um, chest x-ray is normal. Um, well, I am concerned that he may be having a dissection, um, given the diminished pulse in the left upper extremity with this chest pain. And I mean... I don't think, just based on this EKG, it's questionable if he's dissecting into his his aortic root. Um, I don't see true ST elevation except for AVR, but that pattern can be due to extreme demand. But we should get a CTA on this guy, 100%. All right. Um, so CTA of what? Uh, specific? We'll do... He had good pulses lower extremity, but I don't care. He's 
This is roll out dissection. So chest, abdomen, pelvis with iliofem runoff. Chest, abdomen, pelvis with runoff. Um, CTA returns. It's normal. Okay. Hmm. So he's in a rapid AFib, and he has a diminished pulse in his left upper extremity. So I wonder if this is just AFib with embolic phenomenon. Um, so let's let's get an ice. Let's get a CTA of his left upper extremity. So I wanted to start rule out the the immediate life threat with the dissection study. But let's do a CTA of his left upper extremity and look for an arterial thrombus embolism. Sure. Um, prior to that returning, is there any other treatments you want to uh, initiate? He's an AFib RVR. We can do a, uh, a DILT bolus to start. Um, I believe my hospital, I usually use 0.25 mg per kg. All what right. does that end up coming out to, like, total oh, dose? I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to make you do the math. 20 milligrams. Yeah, that sounds good. 20 milligrams. All right. Um, a diltizum bolus has been administered, and um, you get a CTA, and the CTA shows occlusion at the brachial artery on the left arm. Great. Um, let's get a repeat set of vitals. Um, let's order a heparin drip and call vascular surgery. All right, so your repeat vitals are temperature 98.5, heart rate of 95, respiratory rate of 20, blood pressure of 100 over 65, O2 saturation of 99%. And a heparin drip has been started. You have a page out to vascular there on the phone. Great. Um... Hey, what's hey up? this is Mike in the ED. Um, I've got a guy, it sounds like new onset AFib. It's been going on for at least two days. Um, well, he's had chest pain for two days. Um, found to have an acute occlusion of his left brachial artery. He's got diminished pulse uh, to that extremity. Um, but otherwise, he's uh, neuromuscularly intact on that upper extremity. Uh, we rate controlled him with a dilt push, um, and we can probably start him on a delt drip as well um, to ensure his rate stays controlled. He's on a heparin drip right now. Um, we also worked him up for a dissection initially because it was just chest pain with a diminished pulse and that was negative. How's the arm doing? Um, as far as... Like on your exam, how's it look? Uh, I guess I didn't ask what color it was. <laughs> or uh, He has sensation and motor function to it. I can't describe the arm. I should have. <laughs> okay. You said no pulse, though? A uh, diminished pulse. Diminished radial pulse. Oh, yeah. I see it on the CTA. All right. We'll uh, come down and consult. I'll be down there in just a couple of minutes. Great. And then uh, can I examine his hand, though, real quick? His arm? Sure. What are you looking for? Discoloration, uh, ulceration. Um, no, the arm looks normal. Um, and this guy should go to, I guess, the OR with vascular um <laughs> vascular said it would be a couple minutes are they can, can we call vascular back are they going to accept him i mean there's only one disposition for this guy it sounds like yeah vascular says we accept great um i think i'm done then all right that ends your case <clears throat> before we get into how you did let's talk about our sponsor for the month this episode was sponsored by pearson rabbits insurance Stephanie Pearson at Pearson Rabbits is my personal disability and life insurance agent. When you're in training, it's not just about learning the medicine, although that's obviously very important. You need to get your financial 
house in order to before you graduate. And one of the things that needs to go on your financial to-do list is to get a good disability agent in your corner, like Stephanie Pearson at Pearson Rabbits. Pearson Rabbits shops around the major insurance companies for you, shows you the quotes, you can compare the prices, get a good deal. She will also explain the subtle differences between the policies so that you can make an educated decision and pick the policy that works best for you. Not just the most expensive policy, but the right policy for your specific situation. Go to www.pearsonrabbits.com. Click contact and get your quotes. No pressure. You're not obligated to buy. Just start doing your research and getting ready to purchase this. Thank you to Pearson Rabbits for sponsoring this episode. Now back to our case. How do you think you did, Mike? Um, I think I did okay. I think, um, you know, it. it's tough not being in real life, you know, like, because the differential, I think, at this, initially when this patient presented was dissection versus thrombus versus uh, obviously like ACS, all the, ch- the, the, you know, the six killers of the chest. Um, but in real life, you know, patients who are having dissections, at least in my experience, you know, somewhat look uncomfortable and this guy didn't. Um, so I, I guess in, re- I don't know in real life if I would have gotten the CTA of the left upper extremity at the same time. It's, it's just, hard to kind of figure that out in a case but other than that i think it went okay um he's on a heparin drip i mean eventually he'll need a chads 2 vascor and probably be placed on long term i think his chads 2 vasc is high he'll be put on long term anticoagulation um i just felt a little uneasy at the end because <laughs> i felt like i was missing something Good. I'm starting to make you feel uneasy on purpose just to kind of show you what it'll be like on test day. Um, Just because you feel uneasy doesn't mean you necessarily did anything wrong or that you failed the case. Um, It could just be them letting you squirm a little um, to see, you know, what else they can get out of you. So um, I kind of just sat there. Um, Is there anything you think you could have done better? Um, uh, Examined his arm (laughs) for just, you know, the, the five P's, right? Sure. And in real life, too. I mean, the cases that I've had of arterial occlusion, vascular wants a very detailed vascular exam. They tend to ask lots of questions um, and they ask for all the arteries and like, did you feel a pulse here and here and here and here? You know, so you really want a detailed vascular exam. Similar to um, in some previous episodes and stuff where I talk about the importance on a patient who has back pain, doing like an actual spinal exam and not like palpating their abdomen, but doing like a spinal exam. Or if you have someone who has like a headache, you need to do a thorough neuro exam and someone who ends up having like a vascular complaint. I mean, there's a whole specialty for this. So you need to do like a good vascular exam too. Um, so kind of along that theme of always being thorough and examining the complaint makes you look really polished. So um, the other thing that I thought you could have done better, and usually we don't have enough time to do this, but you kind of blew through the case and crushed it to be honest. But um, not just rechecking vitals, but re-examining the patient, which you did when you looked at the arm. Um, and also you can re-counsel the patient too. You know, you get a little bonus points on there just being like, here, you know, I just can I update the patient on what's going on or update the family. Um, and so sometimes at the end of the case, I mean, you don't want to get dragged down 
working through critical actions. Usually, if it's like a social case and it's some weird social situation, I suppose it could be like a critical action to like talk people through things. Um, but on most cases, focus on getting your vitals, your reassessment, your treatments done, your right consultant, all of those sorts of things. But if you still have time, they're kind of staring at you, you know, update the patient. I think that's a good way just to show because th that is one of the things that they score you on on the test is just kind of your interpersonal skills, even though it's like all fake. But um, they do, you know, you say, hey, I just want to make sure your pain's okay. Here's what's going on. Do you have any questions? And then they'll say that ends your case. You know, so sometimes that was the key as something you could maybe work into your little um, outline if you have more time. Got Otherwise, it. you killed it. You got the case. Um, see, I knew you'd, you've been, had dissection stuff on your mind recently. And so I knew that with the, the pulse that I would make you go down dissection pathway right away. <laughs> so I actually kind of set it up as a dissection, um, to see if you could kind of pivot off of that, which you did, which is great. And so, um, but I, I knew that you were going to start off with dissection just cause I know you and we talk a lot, <laughs> um, but you did a really good job on that. Um, and the only other pearl I had, well, so let's talk about some of the key, the key themes, um, EKG interpretation, right? So there's EKG interpretation can be a little subjective. And so, um, just being confident and just reading the EKG and working with your interpretation of that, cause you'll get all sorts of EKGs on the test day and they're not by the book, you know, clip, clip art or whatever it's called. Like they're real EKGs with baseline and stuff. So I wanted you to just have a chance to read an EKG that has some, you know, I, I kind of interpreted that EKG as a little rate related, just kind of depression. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kind of with those elevations in AVR and V1. I mean, that can be ischemia, but that can also be rate related. You know, it's just kind of a global type EKG. So, exactly. um, yep. so I thought you did a good job, uh, doing that too. Uh, you pretty much nailed out the case. I mean, if you hadn't gotten the occlusion, um, you, your nurse would have updated you and said, you know, the arm pain kind of keeps getting worse type of a thing. Um, and just, you know, being careful. I thought you did a good job. Those were the kind of the teaching points um, as far as the real life pearls. So I've seen several, I, you know, I'm an attending, so I've seen several arterial occlusions at this point all over the place um, with the, with the AFib. And kind of, if you think of the possibilities, like let's say you throw a clot to a leg, let's say you throw a clot to the arm, let's say you throw a clot to a mesenteric artery, kind of no matter where it is, you can see how you can get stuck into thinking it's primarily a heart issue. Um, so for ex even though the life threat isn't the AFib, it's the clot that got thrown. So like if it goes to like the, the arm and you're asking about in their chief complaints, chest pain, you're like, oh, this is chest pain radiating to the arm and you go down ACS and you can see how you'd miss that if you didn't check pulses. If it's, you know, a clot to the mesenteric artery or something, you could see how someone's like complaining of just terrible like chest and epigastric pain. And then you see that they're in AFib and you're trying to slow them down and things like that. You could see how you would miss the like a mesenteric occlusion. So you can see how like no matter where their pain, the occlusion is in the setting of AFib and the chief complaint of chest pain, it can be really easy to, to miss um, if you're not checking, if you're not being careful. Um, so anyways, that was just a real life pearl that I had. I haven't seen a few of these. I've noted that my mind always seems to go to the chest pain with some sort of like chest pain associated thing first rather than maybe it's a clot and the, the true emergency is where the clot got thrown to. Um, so anyways, that's my real life. I don't know if you have any other thoughts, but I thought you did great on this case. The critical actions were getting EKG, rate control, heparin, consult, vascular surgery. A dangerous action would have been just cardioverting the guy. I'm trying to think. I, I've seen a couple arterial occlusions. I, I don't think I have really much to add. Yeah. Yeah. 
it might just be the way I was trained, but I've noticed that every time I've had a case of arterial occlusion um, in the setting of chest pain, I almost always am thinking like, is it a DVT? Is it a dissection? I kind of do the same thing you did where you're like, is this a dissection causing a loss of pulse? But it's just remembering that arterial occlusion is actually, if you read studies, it's one of the top 10 biggest malpractice things out there is a missed arterial occlusion. So FYI, keep it on your radar. Um, it's, it's in the top 10 in emergency medicine. So anyways, um, yeah, that's all I got. How's residency going? You're still trucking along and you had a hard rotation. It sounds like. Yeah. And I'm done that hard rotation. And now I am in, uh, the pediatric world dealing with some PEM stuff, which has been fun. I saw a really interesting case last night, um, an inferior pediatric hip dislocation, even the ortho attending came in because he was like, no, this, I've never heard of this. This is unheard of. So I got to help reduce a pediatric hip last night, which was fun. Otherwise, uh, back to enjoying life. <laughs> you know, residency okay. has its ups and downs. Um, and some rotations are really hard. And, you know, all you're going to do is eat, sleep, you know, go to conference and work. And then other rotations, you know, you get a couple days off a week and it's nice. So back to that kind yeah, of life. I, I remember that final year and I had all of my hard rotations mapped out and I was like, when are they, you know, the final <laughs> and then when you get past the last one, you're like, hey, now I'm done. Yep. Kind of. <laughs> you just yeah. got some ED rotations or something less, right? You know, it's easy. You know where to park and you just go in and do your thing. And so I will give you the same advice I do every time because it's the advice that I wish someone had given me my third year. Keep focusing on procedures. Keep focusing on cases that make you uncomfortable and that are going to take lots of time. Um, they're going to push you for speed. But the most important thing for long-term speed is getting comfortable with difficult cases because um, you're not going to be able to dodge them once you're in attending. And so then it becomes, did you do you know how to manage that case? Not so much flow. Flow is important too but make sure you're picking up those hard cases while you have supervision. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Well, again, great job. You're almost done. I'm going to have to pick up the difficulty of the cases. So maybe we'll make them harder. <laughs> but um, you know where to reach us, everybody. Uh, Zach and Mike at emclerkship.com. Um, you can also get it to us through the website. And so those do pop through into my email as well if you want to give some feedback. Um, but, yeah, until next time, keep working hard. Keep studying and be sure to enjoy your shift.